Security threats are growing every day, and protecting the crown jewels of an organization is a challenge. Historically, we have protected the perimeter. More recently, we have been digging deeper into the environment, adding layers of defense, but storage has always been difficult to secure. Today, we're talking to a company that helps solve this challenge, so stay tuned. everybody, this is Chris Brandt here with Sundish Patel. Welcome to another future podcast. If you get a second, click on that subscribe button because that's awesome sauce and that helps the channel a ton. Today, we're talking with Racktop Systems CEO, Eric Bednash. Racktop has a cyber storage system that they say can stop a ransomware attack in less than a second. This is storage designed explicitly around security and they have attracted a lot of security conscious organizations and those three letter agencies that have a vested interest in aggressively protecting their data. This is storage that goes well beyond just encrypted drives. So let's talk with Eric to find out what cyber storage is and how it works. Welcome, Eric. Thanks, Chris. I'm happy to be here. Well, thanks for coming on. This is an interesting uh, new area, you know, because I think we've gone through a lot of um, years of talking about, oh, well, we got to get encrypted disks. We got to get encrypted disks. And, you know, people are like, ah, do we have to really get encrypted disks? And it's like, well, if you want to be compliant, yes. Yeah. Um, but you know, that only solves for a very small subset of security problems that are related to storage, right? You guys are really taking a much bigger approach to securing unstructured data in particular. Um, but before we get there, can you tell me a little bit about like what Racktop is and, you know, like what your story is? I spent uh, probably the majority of my career at this point in, um, in national intelligence. So really working in environments that um, required, a, you know, an incredible amount of security. And I think more than that, just really, uh, you know, forced you to think differently about uh, what you were doing. And, uh, and for, for me in particular, uh, it, it sort of forced me to look at security from the data's perspective. And, and that's sort of the perspective that we took here at Racktop. Um, when we, um, when we built a company and sort of brought a product to market, instead of looking at, uh, cybersecurity from the outside in, which is sort of how that market was formed, right? So you look at, you know, the internet and kind of inward, um, you know, we looked at it from the data's perspective because at the end of the day, right, the bad guys are stealing the data. They're not stealing the network. And, and we wanted to sort of take a, a different approach. And so, you know, our, our background and experience is sort of, uh, you know, working in environments that were very unique and interesting and posed interesting challenges, uh, really gave us this perspective and, and allowed us to sort of do what we do today. Uh, and as you already, mentioned, you know, be able to stop a ransomware attack in less than a second. You saw a problem with the storage market. I mean, you know, what, could you get into a little bit about like, you know, what was that, what were you seeing that people were struggling with? The storage market kind of grew up parallel to cyber, right? If you think about it, like, uh, you know, unstructured data, unstructured files, like 90s, right? So uh, mm -hmm. that's kind of when things start to take off um, and that market starts to develop. That's around the same time, look at the cyber market, right? Uh, where everybody's connecting to the internet. Um, and uh, and so these things kind of grew up in parallel, but they grew up separate, right? Storage has always been thought of to be like in the in the inner core of the, the network. It's protected. There's no bad guys in there. And, uh, right. you know, and it's it's sort of that's where it sits. And we've you know traditionally the storage market's been focused on uh, performance, uh, capacity, and price. And you know it uh, honestly in the last few years has really become something that's more commoditized. The problem is is that all of these advanced attacks, the things you see about in the news, um, the things you read about, uh, 
attack those file shares as they hold 80 to 90% of any data that's in enterprise, they're going after those, those systems. So all of these sort of big unstructured data systems that our enterprises have implemented in the last 25, 30 years are like very unprotected and uh, unable to actually defend themselves um, from, you know, the threats that are out there today. And, and so when we looked at the best place to protect data, based on our experience of the last 20 years, we knew that the best place to protect primary data was to put the protections as close to the data as possible. And so that kind of led us to, uh, the unstructured file system, or in our case, you know, it's, it's almost like a, a network detached storage. Um, you know, that, that enabled us to, you know, sort of informed us to use that as the delivery mechanism for our, our form of data security. And I totally agree with you that the storage and, 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 and cybersecurity kind of evolved in parallel because I just remember, you know, we were locking everything down, but ah, storage is fine. <laughs> it was total afterthought, you know, because yeah. people don't get at storage. They don't understand it. It's, it hackers aren't going to touch storage. Um, but, you know, like who, who is your market for this? I mean, like who, who, what kind of companies are really looking for these types of solutions? Anybody today, <laughs> right? I mean, look at ransomware. Ransomware, I think, is the thing that sort of took this from being uh, what I'll call a, a, you know, a small number of uh, hyper security sensitive uh, organizations or, or markets um, who had maybe different regulatory compliance requirements. Um, you know, you t- I talked about encryption, which I think is a very basic, you know, sort of fundamental element, but is it's not sort of the security we need today. It's a foundational element, but it is not, you know, the the thing that right. you need to do. Ransomware has created um, the sort of awareness that hasn't hasn't really been there before. So you kind of had certain markets that were more in tune and had maybe different compliance requirements before. But in the last few years, ransomware became that that thing that made it really visible for yeah. everybody, right? It impacted everybody. And so, uh, you know, in terms of the most impacted, I think are the ones who are uh, searching for solutions um, more rapidly. Uh, but really it, it's, it's, it's cross-cutting. You, you look at anything from energy. I mean, we had attacks across all in- industries, uh, state and local governments, energy, education, healthcare, uh, huge, right? Um, obviously, uh, governments, federal governments. Um, and so really, unless your data is of zero importance, what either to be stolen or destroyed, then, you know, that that's our market, right? We're we're there to protect primary data. It's interesting when you talk about ransomware. One of the evolution that we've seen in ransomware is that, you know, initially they were just attacking a system and they'd lock it down and all that. But what but ransomware attacks have gotten very sophisticated lately. You know, certainly we've got nation state actors in there, and especially right now. Um, and what we've seen is that they lock down entire data centers not just individual systems. And if you're going to lock down an entire data center, the best place to do that is at the store. Well, yeah. I mean, we've sort of engineered our uh, architectures to use centralized shared resources, right? So whether it be a, a VMware sort of virtualized infrastructure or even enter- enterprise apps, right? There are so many enterprise applications out there that are using big unstructured uh, data repositories uh, as a critical element to what they're doing, right? You're not going to stick huge imagery into a database, right? You're going to use a database for indexing and you're going to put the imagery on a file share, right? And so if you think about medical imagery, you think about, uh, you know, geospatial companies, you, I mean, you really anybody, you know, any, any industry you kind of map to this profile, finance, oil and gas, right? They're taking pictures of, 
of geography and maps and they have all this stuff. And, you know, that's, that's not going in a structured um, resource. It's going in unstructured resources. Cyber storage is kind of a, a little bit of a new, new term. We hear, you know, that cyber gets attached to just about everything these days. Yeah. Um, but what, what, what differentiates cyber storage? Cyber storage is really about active, active protections for, uh, primary data, right? So we're not talking about, um, I, you know, do I have an immutable snapshot so I can recover? Look, there are three right. phases to, uh, sort of the life cycle, right? So you have before an attack, which you really care about minimizing that threat window, right? You want to minimize your, the, the number of attack vectors you have. Uh, that really is a compliance thing, right? You want to make sure that, that you have great cyber hygiene, uh, and it plays into, uh, a compliance sort of role. The second is during an attack, right? You want to know that you're being attacked and you want to be able to re- respond as quickly as possible. Now, the, the current threat window is like seven to nine months. So there's a lot of data that you can steal in seven to nine months. Uh, <laughs> yes. But, you know, and so you want to you want to actually detect and stop that um, quickly. And then the third is remediation and recovery. And this is where um, I think a lot of clever marketers have started to latch on and say, oh, we're cyber, whatever. We, you know, we can restore your data from a snapshot and and. That's just one element of, of what we're, we're talking about here. And so cyber storage really is the unification of those things. For us, it's the unification of those, those three, uh, components of the life cycle, which really map perfectly to the five functional areas of the NIST cybersecurity framework. So you have before, during, and after an attack. You're always in one of these states. You're never not in one of these states. Um, and it's really addressing that full continuum. Because if you only deal with a part of it, then you have a gap, right? You either have, if you're only saying, well, I have great backups and that's how I'm going to solve my cyber problem. Well, you have six, seven to nine months of data exfiltration opportunities. So how are you going to recover when someone's stolen your data for the last seven months? There's no recovery from that, right? So, and you want to make sure that your systems are um, as locked down and protected as possible. And you want to be able to have great hygiene and policies. And you want to make sure that what you set today is set tomorrow. So uh, all of these things play together. That's what cyber storage is for Racktop. It's addressing that entire data continuum uh, before, during, and after an attack. Obviously, this is uh, network-attached storage, right? Yeah. Um, you're dealing with unstructured data. What, I mean, like, what are the components that go into it? How does it, how does it all work? The beauty, I think, in what we do is that it looks and feels like a traditional NAS. So uh-huh. if you think about, uh, so we'll sort of pivot for one second and, and talk about sort of cyber products. Cyber products can be very hard to implement, right? They either require agents, um, they require, uh, you know, uh, complex skill sets. Um, there's a lot that goes into implementing cyber. Uh, you know, cyber software, right? And so if I were to come to you and say, I have this great cyber product, I can stop ransomware in under a second. And by the way, you just have to put an agent on 5,000 systems and, you know, it's super easy and like, okay, the security folks already have enough to handle that. That's crazy, right? And so, um, and so that's kind of like the complexity with dealing with, uh, attritional cyber uh, solution. Now, if you pivot to NAS and why we chose that as the, as the, you know, I call the delivery platform for what we do. Um, we can drop into any environment, talk NFS or SMB, which every environment talks today. And we can protect that data without any agents because we're sitting in the data plane, right? As clients are accessing data, we're, we're uh, assessing their behaviors. 
uh, and then making the determination whether or not that activity is malicious. So whether they're trying to steal data, whether they're trying to encrypt data, like sabotage or ransomware. Um, and we're, we're doing that all transparently in, in real time. And so we can do that. We don't have to do anything to, to uh, endpoints. Um, we, we know when you're accessing data locally versus remotely. We know when you're on the VPN. We know all of that. We know when you're an application. We know you're, when you're a user. Um, and so it allows us to really drop into any traditional enterprise and protect data today. And, and that's why, um, we chose that, that platform. And, uh, and, and like I said, I, I think it's one of the, the sort of more, you know, deployment is hard, right? You talk about, I have the most elegant solution, but it, you know, uh, it takes a month and an army to deploy it. And, uh, and so with us, it's 15 minutes and it looks and feels like a NAS. So your storage admin, you know, who you've had for the last 15 years, you know, managing your storage XYZ, uh, they know how to do it. So I've been selling storage for my entire career. I don't know if that's good or bad, but, uh, that's, uh, my 24 year <laughs> <laughs> career there. Um, so yeah. it is definite. <laughs> He's a one trick yeah. pony. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't learn anything else. Um, it's too hard. So what I find fascinating about what you're doing is you're coming into a really big market, but it's a very competitive market. Um, there's a lot of yeah. players, right? Like NetApp is obviously the king of NAS, and you got uh, of course you know, some some of these other guys. But like, what what's been like your biggest challenge um, when it comes to kind of starting this kind of company, especially a NAS company, because supporting those protocols is not easy, and and getting all the no. snapshotting no. and replicate, all, you know, all of those resiliency features and all that stuff it's not easy. So like what's, what's been your biggest challenge to kind of build this thing? The, the technical elements haven't, haven't really been as much of a challenge. And we spend a lot of our time focusing on integrating the security components into the whole uh, uh, operating system and data stack. So, you know, we don't want this to sort of be something that's separate and, you know, it, it, it is integrated so that it can meet the performance requirements and, and, and I wouldn't say that technical challenges, although Microsoft is a bit of a moving target with SMB. Um, but, uh, you know, NFS is pretty stable, which is, which is pretty good. But Microsoft likes to put out new features and stuff like that. But luckily they also put out, uh, protocol compliance tests. So, you know, you can just run those and make sure you're okay. Um, but, uh, I would say that the, the biggest challenge is really, um, is, is end users just understanding the criticality of, um, of their data and, and like knowing that there's a solution out there like ours to actually solve this problem. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, for us, it's like a get the word out sort of thing. Yeah. Um, we haven't had so many, you know, but we can help. With yeah, that. well, that's, there you go. that's so, the goal today. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but, um, but that's really been it. And it's, you know, I think, uh, it's funny cause I'll, you'll run into, uh, folks and, and you know, we're, we, I mean, we, we take a very practical approach to this. It's like, look, I'm not, I honestly, you know, you, you, you've, uh, sold a lot of NetApp. There's NetApp is everywhere. They're the, I don't, it's not my goal to go and take out every NetApp system and everywhere. That's ridiculous. That's not, that's not a practical goal for us, but there's probably a percentage of the data within any particular enterprise that requires a level of security that, that, uh, warrants our system, right? So, so we can play in those environments and we don't have to have everything. Some customers, it's more, some customers are, it's less. And, um, Sometimes it's the customer actually understanding what the criticality of their data is. And so we try and help walk them through that, like, 
do you back it up? You know, this data is not important, they'll say. Well, do you back it up? Yes. Why do you back it up? Well, because if I lost it, that would be a problem. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I think you've answered the question. And, uh, and so, and then they're like, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. But, um, but it's getting easier and easier, I will say. Um, and, and just because I think infrastructure and operations professionals are definitely more in tune to security than they were three, four years ago. Um, and uh, they're starting to understand the impacts on their part of the organization when there is a cyber attack, right? It's not just the, the CISO and the network security folks, and they have the problem. It's really the INO folks who get bear the brunt of it. And, I, you know, I think that's becoming clear. Um, their customers are starting to understand what, what are the right questions to ask. And, and so, you know, we, we have a solution that's easy for them. And, uh, so we just got to tell more people. Yeah, getting the word out is hard right now, you know, and the yeah. pandemic didn't help you, I'm sure, you know. So it's uh, it's tough. It's yeah. tough to get the word out. Yeah. yeah. Like I mentioned in the intro, you, you guys have, you know, a lot of three-letter agencies that are, you know, your customer base. And, you know, they're not known for making a lot of recommendations about stuff, right? So, you know, that while it's a great reference, it's a hard reference to use. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> He's well-trained. <laughs> so, we can't get him to crack, Chris. <laughs> that's right. But I will say this, that there are many organizations that use our product in critical infrastructure and critical situations, um, life and death situations. If you think about healthcare, those are life and death situations. Sure. Um, from a operational perspective, we could meet the requirement that's necessary to operate in that world. And from a security perspective, we add the level of um capability that is necessary in sort of our current you know operating landscape i want to get back to the this sort of uh pretty bold claim that you guys make that you can stop ransomware in under a second because you talk about how that happens because that's you know you don't see that every day i can tell you that but let me show you and so (laughs) i guess i although no demo today but um but we can prove it and and i think you know not and uh, those of us who have been in the security world know, like, this is a moving target, right? right? And there are, there's a lot of research and analysis and continued development that goes, that goes into sort of, uh, maintaining a, a level of protection. And, um, but, um, but if you think about sort of the way, I guess the easy way to describe what it is we're doing and, 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 you know, is that we can assess a lot of data, uh, in a very short period of time. Um, because we're doing it all within a, an enclosed system, meaning all within the same operating system. So we're operating essentially at RAM speed in terms of how we're making assessments. Uh, we have, we operate on, uh, there's no special hardware here. It's a commodity server or a, a virtual machine. Um, and we have all the processors available. So, you know, we have a lot of resources there, but we're operating in the same context as the data is being, uh, served to the clients. Uh, and so we're able to make a lot of assessments really fast. And when we can make a lot of assessments really fast, we can make decisions fast and we can stop attacks fast. If you were to do this with an external system, um, which is, you know, how you would do it in, you know, piecing together like a SIM and a SOAR and maybe you have an XDR solution and you're going to feed your F policy configuration or you're going to configure F policy, feed a bunch of audit logs over. You were to do all that. Okay. It, it could take, who knows how long it could take to assess what's going on, right? Um, the amount of data we are analyzing, assessing, and making our determination on 
um, you know, is you cannot process that data externally fast enough to actually detect and stop an attack in a reasonable amount of time. So that's why we can do what we can do so quickly is because we're doing it all as an in integrated, um, you know, integrated source and, and integrated solution. When you're dealing with storage, you have a lot of factors that you're trying to consider for. I mean, like you have to have like, you know, if you write data, you got to guarantee that it got there. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's accurate if, if, uh, you know, it, it's performance, dependent so you can't take a lot of time to you know figure all this stuff out and slow things down i mean like how are you how are you working around all these challenges we didn't necessarily have to wedge this into something that we had been shipping for 25 years mm -hmm. um we had the advantage of being able to plug in at any level of the operating system that we wanted to um from the kernel uh to the protocol servers down to the file system uh and do things in parallel and so when you have the ability to do that, um, there's a lot of power there uh, in the system. So you can still provide the data guarantees that you need to provide, but also do the security analysis at the same time. Right. So um, and, and that's really the, the, the secret to be to being able to do this is that we can be in the data pipeline without having to block the data pipeline mm. until we need to block the data pipeline <laughs> for a security reason. So are, are you using any specialized hardware for this? What you deploy on is really dependent on your um, your scale, the scale uh, and the, the number of concurrent clients and sort of what how you want to use it within your organization. Um, we can deploy uh, in the cloud, in VM, so you know your traditional cloud providers, uh, AWS and Amazon, or AWS and Azure. Um, we can deploy uh, on bare metal. So if you have very large scale, multi-petabyte, we can deploy on uh, bare metal servers, or we can run it. We can run in hyperconverged. We have hyperconverged deployments, or you just run in a, a virtualized uh, instance there, or we can run in your VMware uh, infrastructure. So it's really flexible. Now you're not going to serve out petabytes of data in a virtual machine. No. Um, I mean, you, you can, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> at some point it becomes uh, impractical to do that. Um, but you know, there's a lot of uh, organizations that have multiple sites, uh, you know, they have big data center where maybe they'll deploy hardware and then they'll have edge sites. Um, maybe they're served out of data centers, but they're served on hyperconverged. And, you know, for us, our, our goal is, you know, we can match up our software with whatever the hardware architecture is to meet the, the data requirement. But, um, the reason you're doing this, uh, is to protect the data you're putting on our system. Right. And so, um, you know, that's really the context and the mindset we want people to, to get in. It's like, you know, it's the, what are we protecting? How are we protecting it? And then, uh, and then we can sort of scale with, you know, whatever the, the data requirements are. I have to imagine that, you know, you've seen some interesting scenarios. Are there any, you know, interesting use cases that you can share with us? I don't know. Interesting. Uh, you know, <laughs> well, I think at I mean, this stage, you know, let's, we've all, you know, this is kind of a nerdy podcast. So I yeah. mean, like, you know, interesting is relative, right? <laughs> we've, we've seen it all. Um, no, but, uh, so we have uh, financial uh, organizations uh, and media organizations that are using um, using our product to, in what I'll call a light, a data lifecycle management workflows uh, with added security. Right, so being able to, well, we have a technology. Uh, it, no, it's a data. It's a data enablement technology. 
but it's still, you know, it's, it's sort of, uh, it still works with everything we talked about here today. Um, that allows us to, uh, tier data into S3, but we do it, uh, securely. So the keys are never up there, which I think is a, you know, a, a little aside here. People are like my data in Amazon is encrypted and the keys are in Amazon too. And okay. You know, you know, I mean, there's ways to get protected, but the, but the point is, is that, um, you know, from a data lifecycle management, we can support being able to do that in a secure way that's brain dead secure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and then so by using that technology, um, you know, along with the security technologies, you could, you could actually have a, um, a data lifecycle management workflow that maybe has a couple hundred terabytes local, a couple petabytes of cold storage in the cloud, and it's seamless, right? There's no like, oh, it's in a bucket now. You, you don't even know. It looks like a file system to you. But, um, but that's an interesting work, um, uh, sort of use case because if you think about, uh, finance, um, sort of insurance, um, they have anybody who has a data retention requirement. They don't, it's like store once, read never, and I got to hold it for seven years. Yeah. Well, that's actually a really good use case. What, what you don't want to do is store it on some cheap and deep system and then have it get attacked because nobody's watching it. Yeah. And what we can do is say, okay, well, we can sort of sit in front of, you know, call the cloud cheap and deep. Um, but we can also tell you when someone's snooping around in there. And you probably want to know. So even though these are old records, those old records have social security numbers, you know, PII. I think that's a really interesting, interesting use case. Um, and then you have your traditional application where, uh, healthcare, uh, medical imaging, um, you know, PAC systems, VNA systems. Um, so big, you know, things like that. High performance, multi-level security. Boy, there's a lot of them now that I think about it. Uh, <laughs> multi-level security, uh, where we're dealing with like, um, different, uh, classification levels of data. Um, many high, high performance computing. I say this because it's not, it's not, we don't have a high performance computing system, but there are high performance computing like environments that are just using NFS to do multi computer processing. Right. Well, you don't need like a traditional HPC system to do that. You need like a fast, you know, NFS system to do that. And so we could actually fit in that environment, but also provide the layer of encryption, compliance, auditing that's necessary. So think about national labs. That's a, that's a big area for us. Um, and so those are, those are kind of some of the common ones other, other than traditional, you know, traditional file shares. I mean, that's, that's a sort of a, an easy one, but not, it's not too exciting, but it's common. Talk a little bit more about that archive piece, because I think, are, are you stubbing out files so that it all appears as like sort of one unified file system or how, how does that work? I have a project and that project is done, but I can't delete the data. So I could enable our TDM feature on that data and it'll just move it off to my cheapest S3 object store that I have. But when let's say an editor needs to access that data, they can just open up the same SMB file share they used last time. It all looks like it's there. And when they click on a file to pull it back, well, you got to pull it back from your S3 object store, but that that's the only latency. Like they don't know any different. There's nothing that's different about it. And that's all happening in the background. So uh, it's use cases like that that are really good where you have data that's worked on and then it needs to be retained, but it's not really active live data. Because if it's active live data, then... You don't want the latency of the internet getting in the way. So you just want to keep that stuff local, right? So it's, uh, it's kind of, we noticed that a lot of customers had these workflows and they were buying secondary systems to go ahead and like put like 
like cheap secondary systems to go put all this data on that just needed to sit around and do nothing. But that in and of itself is like a huge security risk again, because, you know, there's like zero security sophistication over there at all. I probably not even encryption. And so they can get all the same benefits we have to offer, um, but be able to actually leverage, you know, uh, you know, cheaper technology, cheaper storage, uh, medium technologies and, and, um, you know, enable that workflow and, that's it. That's a challenging problem that a lot of folks are trying to manage to. And like I said, in, in industries where you have um, compliance requirements, you have data that has to be retained for a certain period of time. Um, you know, it's just a really, a really good way. People have contracts in place with some of the object store providers, uh, cloud providers. It's cheap for them to do this. They're not pulling data back. They have no egress fees. It's, you know, those, that all makes sense in those environments. And it's a good, it's not only a good security improvement, but it's a great cost benefit for them uh, as well. And even those who have on-prem object stores, so people have invested in on-prem object store solutions. We work with all those too. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so you can still get the sort of economy of scale of those solutions you've implemented, but in a secure way uh, without ever changing the way that your users, um, you know, work, interact with the data. Tell me what's next for um, Racktop. Where, where do you guys go from here? We're just at the beginning. So we, we have, uh, so cyber storage from a market perspective is relatively brand new. Um, Gartner sort of, uh, identified it on its hype site, on their hype cycle in 21. Um, they identified it again in 22. And we're looking at like at least a 10 year horizon. Um, are we in the plateau of productivity now? We're not. No, we are just, we're at the beginning of the, you know, we're at the, <laughs> I forget what it's called, but it's at the very beginning, which means we have a lot of, uh, you know, sort of uh, opportunity in front of us. So I think that I'm really excited about, um, about where we are today. You know, um, we've been identified as a leader in this category. Um, other analyst firms have, have put us ahead, um, in terms of, uh, being able to be, uh, you know, for ransomware protection. Uh, ransomware is obviously very visible today, but um, I think the things that people aren't quite talking about yet, and we've seen them, if you look in the news, you've seen them, uh, are data extortion, extortion attacks, uh, data exfiltration, data theft. You can't recover from a data theft. And I think that um, this is a really important point uh, when customers are thinking about their cyber uh, strategy when it comes to data. It's, you know, if you're putting a lot of investment in making sure you can recover from a ransomware attack, they're probably stealing your data. So you can recover, great, but they've stole it all. So, you know, so now what? Um, so I think that um, the good thing is the bad guys are never going to stop. So that's going to keep us employed for a long time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and we'll just continue to make, uh, you know, we're constantly creating new uh new uh, uh assessors and and uh doing uh new research around how to prevent protect these attacks um and so uh you know that that's sort of what we're focused on i think there's another interesting element here which um i think people don't necessarily recognize out of the gate cuz like again they're like oh i i can stop ransomware i can stop threats I can stop. But what they don't think about is the cyber hygiene. I talked about this a little bit earlier, but um, one of the, the most common things we detect with our system is just bad behavior within the environment. And what mm. I mean by that is I have enterprise apps using domain admin credentials to write files to my file share. So if I'm, if I'm wearing my bad guy suit, oh man, that's so, like, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to uh, infiltrate that system, uh, grab those credentials, and you're going to think I'm some enterprise app. And really what I'm going to do is just steal all your data. 
And, yeah. and so, uh, and I'm going to wreak havoc because I'm going to then use those credentials to jump and escalate and work my way through the, through the system. And so I think these sorts of things, um, you know, are, uh, are, exciting to me. They really are. They're exciting because I think the infrastructure and operations folks, um, you know, who don't necessarily uh, haven't been in that security world are starting to see and recognize like, okay, these threats are, are big. And, and, and so that's why I think we have a, we have a sort of a big, um, runway in front of us and, and a lot of opportunity and, uh, and, and, you know, there's a lot of threats happening and I'm sure next year I could tell you all about the, the new threats we've prevented because there'd be something else that happens between now and then. I appreciate your excitement. I'm, I'm, I'm similarly excited yeah. about, about this stuff, but you know, I'm not sure I'm a good measure of what should be <laughs> exciting people, but, yeah. um, but no, no, I mean, it sounds, it sounds very cool. And I think it's, it's interesting that, you know, you, you guys have been around for a while longer than what, you know, your publicity would suggest because you've kind of been working in the shadows with a lot of organizations yeah. and, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of bursting out into the big stage right now. Yeah. I, I would say we're, you know, we're, we're an East coast company, you know, we sort of came out of uh, uh, not the company didn't come out of, but our backgrounds are sort of, you know, rooted in, in these sort of national intelligence DOD areas. And, and I think we just did things differently, um, than you would see a typical storage company, which is probably born out of Silicon Valley. We just followed a different path. And, uh, I think that, um, you know, I, that, that also has kind of given us a, the opportunity, um, to really fine tune and hone what we were doing, um, you know, in, uh, in a way where now everything's sort of aligned between the, the market and our, the maturity of our, of our product. And, and, uh, we've also seen a lot in the last decade or so. And, and, um, so I think it's a, it's, it's an exciting time for us. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, it sounds like a really interesting, uh, space to be in and, uh, sounds like you're solving some unique problems. So thanks so much for coming on and, uh, excited to see where you guys go from here. Yeah. Thanks very much for having me. This was, uh, this was a, a, a great real treat. I, uh, I appreciate being here. <laughs> thanks for watching. I'd love to hear from you in the comments and, and I would love for you to just click on that subscribe button because that helps the channel a ton and I will see you in the next one.